Welcome to another episode of Comic Syndicate. Check them out at comicsyndicate.podbean.com and subscribe to the podcast on iTunes. And now, here are your hosts, Josiah and Adam. Welcome to the Comic Syndicate episode 321. I'm your host, Josiah, at For the Villain on Twitter, at comic underscore syndicate on Instagram. Uh, recording a little bit late, actually a few days late, uh, but let's hit it like we normally do. What we spoke about 100 episodes ago, episode 221, I entitled hashtag swing for the fences, the comic cynic episode 221. This week at For the Villain is recording from San Diego to cover San Diego Comic Con 2018 and is still able to hit what the, I'm sorry, <laughs> not yet, what we spoke about 100 episodes ago, some cheesy bullet points and finally access comic nudes to fully dissect and hopefully paint a picture for two really dope, sick, and beautiful comic reviews. Marvel's Darth Vader number 18, Charles Soule was the writer, Giuseppe Camancoli was the artist, and uh, DC Comics Vertigo imprint, The Sandman number 13. Neil Gaiman is a writer, Michael Zuli is the artist. So I was in San Diego Comic Con 2018 for this one. Uh, let me see, I had nothing, I had read nothing, I just went out there Got a hotel room at my normal spot at a hotel circle in San Diego, and I, I took nothing. So uh, the only things that I had read was Darth Vader number 18. This one was a really good one. It was pretty much Vader looking for a challenge in life. Like, he almost doesn't want to live anymore. He he wants to give up, and he's looking for a good death. Uh, that one really stood out to me. So that was a great review. And just the whole challenge and challenge of, of life. And if you guys get a chance to read it, uh, I love Charles Soule. He's a great writer. I believe he's still writing a lot of the, the Dark Droids and, and Dr. Aphra series out right now. It's worth checking out. And if you guys want to read one comic, definitely read that one. The other one that really stood out to me, I love and have always been a fan of The Sandman. I grew up uh, reading The Sandman, so when it was still out and a thing, I was able to read it. This one in particular was interesting that it stood out to me even back then, 2018. The Sandman number 13. So this is this had to be uh, off of the third trade paperback, so if you guys are thinking about it, about it in trade paperback form, it should be volume 3. And issue number 13, or just look for the Sandman issue number 13. This one is legit uh, one of those titles that always stood out to me. And this is um, legit the sound of her wings. Uh, So if you guys are watching the Sandman or have seen the Sandman show the sound of her wings with his sister Death uh, walking him through what he's missed and what her day-to-day job is as death is a beautiful fucking story and it just stood out to me and so those are the two that i reviewed uh so this particular san diego comic con i believe i interviewed the impractical jokers i'm a huge fan of theirs i believe this is where i got the rick remender interview as well uh he's a well-known comic book writer very cool guy he was doing deadly class at the time so really enjoyed that, and I believe the Deadly Class show on Sci-Fi was about to drop, so I believe that's why I was able to get that interview. Uh, after the Impractical Jokers interview, I walked out of the hotel, beautiful hotel, Marriott Bayfront, right there at San Diego, right next to the San Diego Comic Con. Uh, just beautiful hotel, walk out, and as soon as you walk out, there's <laughs> there's an ocean view. I go out for a smoke after this interview. I'm like, okay, well, it's my time, check my schedule, and as soon as I walk out, I see William Zab- Zabka, 
Uh, so if no one knows who he is, um, he's Johnny Lawrence, straight up Johnny Lawrence. Um, and I had interviewed Johnny Lawrence straight up, uh, William Zabka, at uh, WonderCon 2018, I believe that, that same year, early on in the year. So I'm like, hey, nice to see you again, William. He's like, I know you. I've seen you. I'm like, yeah, dude, I interviewed you a while back. He's like, oh, I'm so sorry. He's like, I don't even know your name. Introduce myself. I'm like, you have a light. I didn't have a lighter. So he's a smoker, so we're smoking together. And as I'm about to walk away, I'm like, you know what? Fuck it. Let me just nerd out. I'm like, William, I'm sorry to bother you, man. You mind if I get my picture taken with you? He's like, no, not at all. So we're about to take a selfie. And the background's going to be the hotel. He's like, no, man. Let's have our backs facing the ocean so it looks like we're on vacation together. And just fucking very cool and very cute, funny thing for a cat to have said. So, yeah, that was fun and funny. I'm trying to think of any interviews. I think those were the top two interviews of that year, 2018. Comic-Con for that year. I I know I got another one, but the two that stood out are are going to be those ones in particular. The Impractical Jokers and the Rick Remender interview. Uh, Let me see what else we got. Uh, yeah, again, the interviews on, oh, I'm sorry, the interviews, the uh, reviews I, I dropped for those ones, very great stories. If you guys are a fan of Star Wars, if you guys are a fan of Darth Vader, it's a really good fucking issue. And the Sound of Her Wings uh, issue compared to the Sound of Her Wings episode um, are, are two great storytelling devices, but completely different forums, um, and, and both beautiful, though. So if you get a chance to read it proper, definitely read that one. It was great. And, uh, yeah, just to, to harken back to, to the Sandman show again, I mentioned, uh, I believe, last week's show at the end of the show, movies that, that utterly just destroy me now, one of them being Big Fish. It, it just wrecks me. It, it destroys me because of my pops. And the stories remind me of my pops and, and his life and, and just weird and bizarre and beautiful and gorgeous and sad. Um, so that one just, just destroys me. And even uh, the Adam Project <laughs> fucking hurts me now, which is weird because it's a, it's a comedy movie and it's, it's, it's a great movie. And one of the show's single episodes that I've been going back to, I've probably seen it like six times since my dad has passed. I'll, I'll just jump into the Sandman and watch the sound of her wings because it's beautiful to me. So, uh, yeah, definitely get a chance to watch those. Even if you guys aren't going to dive into the, the comic books, jump into the show on Netflix. It's definitely worth watching. I believe it's issue, I'm sorry, issue, uh, episode number four uh, or five worth checking out all right next one's gonna be some shout outs real quick huge shout out to eric lopez first of all we had a conversation a few weeks back for uh, my nephew jacob's birthday uh we text back and forth i don't think we've really spoken proper over the phone maybe once um just a quick what's up or i accidentally butt dialed you uh, so I had texted him some stupid shit. I'm like, hey, mind if I call you, dude? This is a long story to text. So we had a great conversation. We were chatting for a bit, a good half an hour at least. And um, he has uh, something in mind to come back into the podcasting game. I'm not going to give anything away. So Eric, I hope you were serious about that, dude. It'd be great to hear that particular topic because I'm into that particular topic because the conversation we had was kind of in a weird way about that topic dude so good talking to you man I hope you uh, drop that soon and let me know when you do you know I'm going to support you just like I'm supporting these next few podcasts shout outs to weird street podcasts with my boy Jacob Medina and his wife Eva oh no not another one hosted by Sarah Kitnissis Kitnissis Kitsinis I'm sorry and Derek Krantz 
And always my boy, uh, Comics and Tortillas podcast hosted by Adam Garza, Hector Cornejo, and Ben Davis. Adam, thanks a lot for always giving me a shout out and uh, sharing the love, dude. I always appreciate it. I literally just listened to you earlier today and um, thinking about my reviews, like you and I always have the same liking in stories and storytelling and writers and artists because your reviews and, and my reviews are always completely similar and even the cover art uh for your guys's podcast i was supposed to drop my this show this show right now episode 321 on saturday and the cock block of life happens and people stealing time from you happens um so i wasn't able to drop it i'm recording tuesday on my lunch break running off a of no sleep on a September 26th Tuesday, busy office day. But um, yeah, so uh, much love always, dude. I'm, I'm literally going to put the same fucking cover art on mine or even the Wolverine uh, versus Predator one. But huge shout out to you guys. I do listen to you guys and I appreciate the support. So always uh, appreciate you and love you, Adam. We got to hook up soon for a show here, man. You got to jump back on the comic syndicate. I, I know a lot of the listeners will love it. And would appreciate you having having you back, you know, even if it's just for a show. Um, but yeah, man, I would love to have you back just for more than one show, dude. So we definitely got to hook up and talk about that. Uh, last portion of uh, bullet points. This episode's question of the week. Uh, the person you are now, do you have or have you ever been judged by your past and or past actions? Think about it real quick. Uh, in a weird way, I know we all have. Um, and something that I've experienced, I guess, recently, not only have have I been judged by my past and or past actions when I was a bad person, but people like to bring up the past uh, and pull up demons from the past um, and try to try to hurt you. <laughs> and for me, it just doesn't work. Uh, wait till the end of the show. I'll explain why based on a review that I read uh, this week or last week, I guess. But the reviews are great. I had a blast going through them, and I can't wait to talk about those ones. I'm going to hit a, something I haven't hit in a long time. An old friend of the show is swinging by. Uh, they're normally weird, odd, funny, stupid. This is just, um, well, fuck it. I call this what the fuck news. Uh the first two, I'm just going to read the headlines because they're pretty much self-explanatory. Uh, first one, and again, I haven't dropped what the fuck news. And I'll explain it to you guys real quick. What the fuck news was a big part of the show. It, it, it's exactly what it means. Uh, we, I used to have a segment as well, Jesus shit list, which are terrible things that are happening in the world. Terrible fucking people. And uh, it just, yeah. I just, I'm not your typical comic podcast. I talk about everything, and I like talking about everything, bringing something different to the show. So if you guys if you guys are first-time listeners, hold on till the end of the show. We're going to go through a lot of comic reviews and a bit of comic news. But this is what-the-fuck news. This first article, McDonald's once again sued after customer burns herself on hot coffee. That's just the first fucking topic. Now, instead of going through that article... That's all you guys need. How do you guys feel about that, idiot? Next one, man following Google Map directions drove off collapsed North Carolina bridge and died. Now family is suing. Uh, yeah, 
people, dude. I believe this is Darwin's theory in my personal <laughs> opinion. Uh, survival of the fittest. Homie, you're not fit to fucking survive and your idiot family for suing. Now, I'm going to sound cynical for saying that. Uh, maybe an asshole, but if you see a collapsed bridge and you're driving and MapQuest, Google Maps, tells you keep on going straight, yeah, I hate fucking people. Next one is going to be the last article of of what the fuck news, and this is going to make complete more sense. Last topic or, or <laughs> topic uh, headline was what the fuck. This is also what the fuck, and you can categorize this one as uh, Jesus shit list as well. But you guys be the judge. Man convicted after beating son with sledgehammer. A Bakersfield man was convicted of attempted murder months after attacking his sleeping son with a sledgehammer in Ventura County, officials announced Thursday. Anthony Nardini, uh, 42, was found guilty of three counts, including attempted murder, murder, aggravated mayhem, looking for my scroll key, there we go, aggravated mayhem, and assault with a deadly weapon. The jury also found true special allegations of use of a deadly weapon and causing great bodily injury in commission of a felony, according to the Ventura County District Attorney's Office. The incident occurred on March 13th when Nardini and his 24-year-old son, who had recently reconnected after being estranged, were staying with a family in an unincorporated area near Simi Valley. The two had been in a physical argument that had broke, been broken up by family members, officials said. Nardini at one point left the home in his truck, but later returned while the victim was asleep on his couch. He insisted the others go to bed, and once alone with the victim, Nardini grabbed a sledgehammer he had found on the property and began to bludgeon his sleeping son with it, the DA's office said. Here, upon hearing blows, family members rushed in to find the victim suffering from a severe head wound. Nardini ran out the back door, was arrested that same day, inmate records show. Responding deputies with the Ventura County Sheriff's Office found the blood-covered sledgehammer outside the home. The victim was placed in a medical-induced coma but survived the attack, so thank goodness for that. Nardini is scheduled to be sentenced on November 1st and faces a life sentence with the possibility of parole. While this conviction will never repair the emotional and physical scars inflicted by his father, we hope that this affirmation by the jury will bring some solace to the young man who experienced an unfathomable attack on his life. All right, what the fuck news? Uh, haven't hit this in, in a long time because I axed it pretty much. Um, I guess it's sledgehammered up. No, I axed, I'm sorry. I axed it uh, right before, right about COVID because so everything, okay. I was coming across so many fucked up, weird, uh, sad, depressing articles on every news site so much that what the fuck news kind of became like a numbing thing like there was no good news to talk about there where everything was just in a weird solemn place and i i, I thought it's like okay i'm not gonna bring this because everyone's kind of moping and down and doing their own thing locked away quarantined anyway so why why talk about these these fucked up articles and stuff like that 
So I did exit. Sorry about that. I just got a phone call. I had to, had to hang up that one. And um, yeah, so uh, an old friend of the show, What the Fuck News, made an appearance. So if you guys like this particular section, let me know. If you guys hate it, let me know. I'm completely cool with every type of feedback. Find me on uh, X at For the Villain. And find me on Instagram at the Comic Syndicate. Uh, at, at Comic underscore Syndicate. I don't know how I drew a blank. Next one's going to be some... Oh, you know what? Fuck it. Give me a few. I'll be right back with some comic talk. Hey, this is Scott, hey, this is Scott Snyder. I'm writing All-Star Batman uh, this year, and you're listening to the Comic Syndicate. I'm Mitch Gerrans, the artist and sheriff of Babylon. I'm Tom King, the writer and sheriff of Babylon, and you're listening to the Comic Syndicate. Syndicate. This is Kevin Conroy, the voice of Batman, and you're listening to the Comics Syndicate. Hi, my name is Brian Bucciolato, and I listen to the Comics Syndicate. Hi, this is Chris Michello. We're hanging out here at Frank and Sons, and are having a good time on a Sunday or a Saturday afternoon. And uh, you're listening to me live on the Comic Syndicate. Hi, this is Brian Michael Bendis, and you are listening to the Comics Syndicate. Comic, comic talk. All right, welcome back. We got some comic news this week. Marvel teases the final days of the Avengers in a new Zdarsky Akuna project. I love the way Chip Zdarsky writes Daniel Akuna. I love his art. Uh, they're going to be working together on. Uh, they're dropping uh, just teasers for what it's going to be, and um, it's going to be called Twilight uh, or Earth's Mightiest Heroes. Uh, Twilight is going to be what it's entitled. Very curious about that, again, because I love Chip Zdarsky as a writer. Uh, and what he was able to bring to Daredevil, actually whatever he's able to bring to any project is worth checking out. The next one was going to be the original five X-Men are pulled through time to save the multiverse. The original X-Men are once again plucked through this uh, through time, this time by the Phoenix Force, to help a multiversal threat uh, to existence itself. I'm a huge X-Men fan. And a fan of the youngsters, the, the young ones that were brought back in Brian, Brian Michael Bendis' run of uh, All New X-Men in 2015, I believe. That's just off the top of my head. All right. Yeah, that's all I got. You know what? This one is just inter- interesting to me. DC creators Mark Wade and Howard Chaikin will host a comic book seminar. Legendary comic book creators Mark Wade and Howard Chaikin will teach the next generation of comic book writers and artists at Comic Book University. This is going to be held at UCLA on November 18th. Um, it's $150 per person. I'm kind of curious about doing it. Um, It'd be a cool late birthday present for myself. So, again, I'm still thinking about it. I have a month left. Oh, yeah, about a month and a half left. All right, guys, that's all we got for uh, comic news. I'm going to go through some comic reviews, books I've read uh, this past week and weekend. More lack of sleep. It's harder to find the time to do these. Adam, I said your my sensibilities and senses on comics are very similar. First one uh, review here is going to be Uncanny Spider-Man number one, written by Cy Spurrier, Lee Garbett. I love his art. Uh, is the artist Matt Mila is the colorist. This one starts off with some thugs on a motorcycle on a getaway chase uh, for a. Uh, for uh, something they've stolen, which happens to be organs that they want to sell, uh, human organs uh, for for transplants uh, that they want to sell in the black market, and we see someone is after them, and we see it's a Spider Man. <laughs> now it's very cool because this particular Spider Man happens to be Nightcrawler, 
and it goes into it. I'm not going to ruin anything, but I'm going to just go through my thoughts and opinions on it. Uh, so these thugs go through Central Park in New York City thinking they can get away from Spider-Man because uh, and like in the city where there are you know, sky-rise buildings – if Spider-Man were to come through the, the, the uh, sorry, the park, he would be unable to web and zip around and get to them as quick. Uh, this particular Spider-Man, though, starts bamping around all over the place to the point where he even trips out the thugs like, fuck, who the fuck is this? Like, he's dressed as Spider-Man, but he's not Spider-Man. So it's pretty much Kurt Warner, Nightcrawler, as Spider-Man. And just to see him as a Spider-Man is kind of cool. Like, Peter Parker's normal quips, like, Nightcrawler, Kurt Wagner is trying to pull off uh, with no avail. Like, hit, they're not hitting the way they do, but in him trying is is funny, just the attempt. So it's really cool. Uh, we see why Nightcrawler decides to become Spider-Man. He is a mutant. Mutants are hunted right now. Uh, Orcus has... Uh, during the Hellfire Gala, they told all the mutants, if we come across any of you guys, if any of you guys, any mutants, we're going to kill 10 humans. Every time we come across a second mutant, we're going to kill 100 humans, and the numbers are going to keep going up. We're going to keep killing people. So uh, Kurt Wagner is one of the X-Men that are still around, but he kind of goes underground like the rest of the X-Men, and Kurt Warner feels over his past few years, his experiences uh, on Krakoa and even what's happened to him with the Goblin Queen and him being uh, demonized and possessed and, and going on a rampage and killing innocents. He, he feels guilty and he feels he has to make amends for those sins. And he still needs to be a swashbuckler. He still needs to be a hero. And he goes to an old friend, Peter Parker, and asks him straight up, Hey, dude, do you have any old Spider-Man costumes laying around that I can possibly use so at least my identity will be hidden? Hence how we get this particular uncanny Spider-Man. The interaction between Peter Parker and Kurt Wagner, both of them in their spider suits, is funny. Uh, It's cool. Uh, I really enjoyed this. Art was dope, and I'm a huge Nightcrawler fan, X-Men fan in general, but I love Nightcrawler. This one's worth checking out, so if you guys get the chance to do it, do so. It's Uncanny Spider-Man number one. Let me make sure I got that one right for you guys. Scroll up. Yes, Uncanny Spider-Man number one. Sorry about that, guys. Uh, I'm working in my office right after this, and I normally have my mouse plugged into my laptop, but right now uh, it's still plugged into my computer. So we'll leave that. Next one is going to be a great read. Um, let's see if I want to hop into this one. I believe it's going to be an all yeah, it's going to be an all Marvel review show this week. Uh, this one had no right to be as good as it was. This is going to be Predator versus Wolverine number one. Benjamin Percy is the writer. Ken Lashley is the art. I'm sorry, Ken Lashley, Greg Land, Jay Leaston, and Andrea Devito are all the artists. So we have a young Wolverine story. We have an old older uh, current time Wolverine story and then we have a Team X story so there are several artists that are doing each of those particular stories. Frank Diamarta I'm sorry Juan Fernandez and Frank Diamarta are the colorists so we have present day Wolverine story first Um, this one's going to be Young Wolverine actually so we see this one starts off in Canada present present, not present day Uh, we see present day they say I'm the best there is but I sure as fuck don't feel that way. Not now. 
Not that I'm not now that I'm hunted. Now that I'm the prey. As we see Wolverine now just beat the fuck up, bloodied up, uh, scarred up. He has a healing factor, yes, but he's getting his ass kicked. Rock and splintered wood, shrapnel ones in my skin. Deep cuts, plasma burns, I'm le- I'm a leaking bag of blood. That makes me slow to run and easy to track. When I come to the cliff, every nerve in my body is flirting. I'm sorry, he's firing a red alert. Fire, uh, way down below is a river, but right behind me comes a watery ripple as his cloaking device powers down. Again, this one has no right to be as good as it is. I'm like, hey, it's not going to be good. It's the Predator versus Wolverine. What do we expect? And we see two hunters going at it. Like, um, I enjoyed it. Um, so Wolverine is able to get by... Um, and and we see how he's living now, how has he, how he's living. Logan, young Logan, now in the in the 1900s, we get some insight on on his young life. How he's living a hermit in a cave with a bear, literally that's in hibernation, just living, hunting and killing to keep alive. Not necessarily um, people he's killing, but other animals to keep alive. As we see his his little shelter, the panels now show uh, where he lives. So the cave. And what he comes across, and we see like uh, a dead predator in in ice, and then we get more panels of young Logan finally heading to town for money and supplies, and what every man needs now. Every now and then, he goes for a drink. Uh, at this particular bar, the bartender is talking to a man that needs someone in particular to do a particular job, as Logan is just taking down shots while he finally gets offered a job from this gentleman that's all suited up dressed to the nines then we get a different pages and panels of the predator going to work like what is the predator doing on his downtime so we see another ship land and we see this predator uh, hunting what, what he does best he's, he's hunting different animals bears uh deer uh anything he comes across in the canadian outback and he, they even show him hunting an orca like uh, it, it, it's, it, we get to see the different styles of animals. I mean, again, he's a hunter, so, uh, he's just looking for different prey and how to kill different type of prey is interesting to see. And, and Adam, I know you asked about that on your show. I'm like, yeah, it's an orca, but it makes sense. I mean, that's what he does. He needs to, they need to test themselves by killing different creatures, different animals that they don't normally come across. And then we see every animal they do come across just like the movie show um he he rips out the spinal cord and and skull and he cleans them and he always mounts them up and the predators always look at it like it's it's a trophy so they put them up and kind of celebrate it in a weird way because it's their trophy case these are my kills that's why they do it and that's what it I liked the comic because it goes into the mythology of or the methodology of, of what the predators we've seen in the movies and and even their hunting skills and the ripple effects and the turning off their uh, their intangibility uh, uh, ability and everything the, the the way they heal themselves we 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 see uh, the heat sensor we see which is very fucking cool. So anyways, back to Logan, after we see what the Predator is doing, pretty much honing his skills still, we see Wolverine uh, agree to this job, and at this bar, there happen to be a bunch of fucking thugs that don't like fucking Logan, 
um, and they want to start a fight with him. Actually, not yet. Okay, so Wolverine decides to take the job. Young Logan takes a job in the 1900s Canadian outback. They travel, come across uh, some dudes that prior this gentleman had hired for a particular job. Uh, Wolverine goes in and these guys start attacking Logan. He doesn't want to pop his claws. He doesn't want to show he's a mutant. So he's able to, and this issue is very violent. This is probably why I liked this issue a lot too. If you're a fan of Predator, if you're a fan of Wolverine, fuck, this is worth checking out. It's very violent. It's bloody. I don't want to say gory, but it's, it's violent, which is cool. Uh, so the fight scene happens there between Logan and those men. And it was it was just interesting. Uh, it was it was a setup by the by the young gentleman that offers him Logan money. Um, it then jumps from here to a story of Team X. This is when Sabretooth, part of the Weapon X program, uh, Sabretooth, Wolverine, uh, Maverick, and I forgot the other team members' names, um, and a few other people. They were all part of a team, and they were they were like a Wetworks team, uh, military outfit for the most part. And we see this team coming across like an, a, a jungle aspect landscape where there happens to be another predator. So we see later on in his life, Wolverine, Logan, I guess, is is encountered and meets the predator again. So very interesting to see the the life effects of the predator and Logan, how they've had several encounters before. And every time... Uh, the Predator comes, like this one in particular, because of this team of Wetworks crew, the Predators send like four Predators out after them. And and it's interesting. It's cool. Again, I don't want to ruin – uh, that's my synopsis of it. It's a good, fun, cool, violent read. Um, so again, if you like both of these characters, it's worth checking out. Uh, this next one is going to be interesting. Uh, this one was going to be initially a, a single – issue read and i'm like okay i can kill it's issue number four so let me just jump back to go through the first three issues before i jump into number four um it's going to be i didn't realize when i got to the end of the fourth issue which is a new issue that dropped last week last wednesday uh wednesday tomorrow the 27th it's new comic book day so a bunch of new comic books are going to release tomorrow but anyways, um, I caught up to the first three, and then when I got to the fourth one, I realized, oh shit, it was just a four-issue miniseries. This one I loved the fuck out of, especially issue number three was dope. This is going to be a Marvel Comics title, Loki number one through number four. Dan Waters is the writer, Jermon Peralta is the artist. I love the art in this series. Mike Spicer is going to be uh, the colorist. Loki, the god of mischief, it starts off issue number one, building a ship. So this is going to be issue number one first. Using the fig fingernails of of those of the many that have died uh, throughout the years in battles and wars. Of the unloved and unwanted people, again, of the battlefields. So it sounds gnarly and twisted, but think about how many battles and wars we've had in lives before. And we see like you know an old story like when people would bury the dead. They would file their nails or even remove them completely because of this myth or story uh, or Norse, Norse story, I guess. Um, so if your family didn't care about you enough or, or just left you on the battlefield, they would never take your nails. So now it takes into take that into account, like how he built this ship, um, built again off of the fingernails of the of the dead of the battlefields the unwanted people the unloved 
And that's how, he's, how he is able to create this. Now, once he creates this, he's the god of mischief, Loki. So he's evil Loki. Then it kind of jumps back now to current day Loki. Thor shows up and he's like, uh, Loki, we've got a problem. I know you're supposed to be king now of your world, um, of your ice giant frost people. Go be a fucking king. And he's like, why? What's going on? And so it happens to his frost giants. Uh, steal this ship after many years. So I don't want to say Loki has been rehabilitated, but the way they've, he, that he's been getting written the past fuck eight years by now is uh, he's a tweener. He's more good than bad. He still has his bad tendencies, but he's not evil per se. We see his personalities of, of, of female Loki. Um, and he's not a bad dude anymore for the most part. And I'm not going to say rehabilitated. So, again, these frost giants steal the ship, crash it into the world tree, and as they crash into the world tree, three fragments of the ship disappear off into the cosmos, and now it's Loki's job to find each piece. And then I'm going to go through each of them. The first one um, lands in a dwarf world. Uh, the other one lands in Midgard. And the third one, we don't really get where it's landed yet. Um, that's issue number one. So I really liked it. I'm not going to spoil anything because they're worth checking out. The visuals are cool. The art's great. So the second issue now, we get a female Loki. So it starts off still Loki, but now in female form. And it goes through the man, uh, the story of the man who found the first fragment, fragment and what he does with it. And how he even lies about finding it. And he's, you know, the dwarves are, are known for forging and building uh, armor, equipment, weapons. And he tells everyone, oh, yeah, I built this. Now, the, the story behind all these stories is that each person that comes across one of these fragments, it, it has the ability for you to create whatever type of quote-unquote weapon you want in your life and we also see that each of the people that has possession of each of these fragments kind of gets hypnotized i i guess they, they get turned to the dark side so it has an effect on them as well um so it, they pretty much get seduced by the dark side for the most part uh so now we see this issue uh loki going after it uh the dwarves are quick to fucking stop him almost look like they're gonna kill him they lock him up as a prisoner or her up as a prisoner because it's female loki at the moment and loki is telling telling the people that in his cell and even the son of the father the dwarf f father that found the initial uh fragment that he builds an, an axe out of it now and he tells his son dude it's this is bad like it's gonna seduce your dad and the kid believes it because every, everyone's seen it in the dwarf king or this person that found uh, the fragment that made it, made it into an axe. How it, it is legit seducing him. And then we see uh, now the first weapon that's made uh, is is the axe. But it's cool how the son takes uh, Loki's helmet from him. And it's just a small little helmet. And he creates a, a bow out of it. And it's just gnarly to fucking see, like, okay, this is kind of cool. Everyone, uh, rival dwarf um, factions are building their own weapons to combat um, this dude that is succumbing to this power. And he wants more power now because of this fragment that's seducing him. Uh, this one was cool. It was interesting and and even funny. Like, it's weird because 
the way Loki acts and answers questions is comedic, but not trying to be funny, but an asshole funny. And it's just very smart ass. So it's worth checking out the way that one ends. I'm not going to spoil. It's worth checking out. The next one's going to be issue number three. This one I loved it the fuck out of. The art was amazing. The story alone was fantastic. And and this is where probably I, I got the question. Actually, the next two issues were pretty much where I got the, the question of the week from. So issue number two ends. Issue number three now starts. Loki goes to some old friends of his, Hulkling and Wiccan. They were part of the Young Avengers uh, run, geez, about six years ago as well. Where we found out during the Kree Scroll War, there was a Kree hero. Uh, on this on this home world uh, with psychic abilities that protected his people on this sort of ice world where Hulkling or Wiccan are now the rulers of. Okay, after so many conflicts um, and people trying to to battle and combat, like no, we want to take over this world. Um, it finally looks like uh, this hero, this champion, finally bails on his people. So once we he takes off, the people of of the world curse him and start talking shit on him like he's a he's a pussy he left us like he completely bailed on us he took off on us and we see now um that loki something brought him here and it's the fragment the next fragment he's looking for and so he gets a story from hulk ling and wiccan about this this uh champion that used to be in charge there now and now there's a giant ceremony ceremony or even party now like um where, where the people are celebrating this coward and they build like uh scarecrows of him and they like mock him and, and it was interesting it's like oh well you know what i, I kind of get where the people are coming from and then we see um back on story on this one now it goes into like what had happened like this champion this hero found one of the fragments um, and the only thing he could think to build or create, the first thing he, he thought was he created a bomb. He, and it goes through, he called it a world destroyer, a planet shredder. So dude being an actual hero, this champion of this place knows he made a huge mistake right off the bat. And he's like, fuck, this is seducing me. Like, I don't know why my mind created this, but I need to get rid of it. So he does the hero thing and, and he knows he made a mistake. So he's like, you know what? Fuck it. I'm going to bury this, this bomb so no one can come across it. So now as we see, um, and uh, current or ongoing things throughout all these titles is like, we get almost like the fragments are the narrators of the story. Uh, starting from from issue number one, like the the fragments are are telling the story again. They're the narrator of everything and how they're almost sentient. And so as as dude, this champion, this hero is, uh, his name is Komir, is is bearing it. We see again this this piece of uh, this bomb now saying like, nah, dude, this ain't fucking cool. We're just gonna fucking set ourselves off right now. Now, uh, as as this bomb goes off the sentient fragment of loki's ship evil mischievous loki's ship um it, it's cool to see what this guy does this colmere so as the bomb goes off because the fragment is sentient um we see what exactly happened and how how the people of this world this planet think that that the the savior this 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 hero 
um, bailed on them. We see what actually happened. And as the the bomb went off, he traveled along with it to to the atmosphere, and he contained the bomb. And what everyone thinks on this ice world, this ice planet that has been been, been thawed out um, for a millennia, we see dude has been stuck there. What everyone thinks is, and I don't want to ruin it, everyone thinks is the sun. Like Loki is like, no, I found my fragment. Look up there. Do you see that, Hulkling and, and Wiccan? Yeah, we're not going to look at the sun. Dick. It's like, no, look. And Wiccan's like, oh, fuck. He's been stuck there for a millennia. Like, everyone that thought he was a coward, everyone that thought this, this champion, this hero was a pussy, bailed on them. He's been saving them, and he's stuck in this in this blast. <laughs> and it's so fucked up to see. And this is my favorite issue of these ones, uh, because because we see exactly what the fuck happened. Um, so, it's, again, Book of the Week. I, I love this whole series, uh, one through four. Um so we just see this good man being stuck doing the best job of his life, protecting this world full of people that call him a coward because they think in their minds that they bailed on him when he's been saving and protecting them the whole time. Now, it's beautiful to see, and Wiccan decides, like, we got to save him. Like, he, he's saved us for this long. There has to be something we can do. So him, uh, Hulkling, and even Loki are trying to figure out, like, okay, what's the best way? To see, to save, to save homeboy. Like we got to pull him out and contain the bomb. Like how are we going to do that? So, anyways, the issue continues on, and we get some now, um, some some dialogue now between Loki, Billy, Billy. You should go to bed. Go snuggle thy king, Loki. I can't. We've reached out to Mister Fantastic to the Scarlet Witch, but no one has been able to come up with a way to help Quomir yet. I can't stand to think of him up there. But I don't, I don't know how to save him and the son. Loki said, no, obviously now. There was never a way. Wait, what have you done? Loki answers, I love you guys, you know. I knew you couldn't and wouldn't be complicit. He's gone. You're welcome. As Loki now gets attacked by Wiccan. And they are friends, again, Young Avengers team. Uh, and Wiccan, what have you done? Loki answers, he should have died a millennia ago in the battle that killed half his planet. Instead, he got to watch from orbit in agonizing pain as his skin and brethren were slaughtered. No longer. Wiccan answers, you killed him. You'll have plunged Kava, this planet, into chaos. And Loki said, he was so glad to go, if it makes you feel any better. I told him what I was going to do, that I was going to take the weapon he had made off his hands. You should have seen the relief in his eyes. And as Loki has explained this, these these pages and panels are fucking dope and beautiful to see as as this conversation is going on. And the way the panels are, the way the artist puts it to fucking paper, it is gorgeous. And I believe that's why the question of the week came from. And so, um, yeah, and we see Wiccan and even Hulkling like pissed off at Loki, like you're never going to change, like you're still a fucking asshole, because <laughs> we don't fucking trust you, and we fucking hate you now, because you lied to us and you killed someone. And from Loki's perspective, he's looking at like, dude, I fucking did what you guys couldn't. 
and I loved it. I'm like, this reminds me of a dude. Um, so yeah, that was issue number three. Uh, it's worth checking out, guys. If you, you read the whole number one through number four, which I'm going to hop into number four right now. Issue number four starts off uh, Bullseye starting off strong, sending an old crew member to take out a solid crew. So now... Uh, the tail end of issue number three, we see the third or second fragment land on Midgard. So it lands on Earth. We see a, uh, like a sea villain pick up the piece and shard, shard and, and find it and what he creates. Now, we don't see exactly what he creates right away. He puts it in a briefcase and tries to start selling it to the highest bidder. So we see different uh, sea villains through, I guess, uh, Daredevil's rogues villains. I guess I'm, I'm going to call them B and C villains. Uh, Bullseye is not necessarily a C villain, but he's a street level badass motherfucker. And I love Bullseye. And we see that he's finally the one that, you know what? Fuck it. Also interesting to see the effects that once the, the villains open up wanting to purchase whatever quote unquote weapon this man has and is selling, we see the effects it has on the villains, like their eyes start bleeding and they, they start tripping balls. The only person that doesn't, it doesn't have this effect on is bullseye. So we see uh, bullseye now with the briefcase sending a man in to get this job done. And as he tries to do so, uh, we, we see uh, this crew. He's able to take out the crew, but one of the head villains of the crew of these thugs um, shoots shoots the man. And then we see Bullseye walking and, and walking in. Sorry, and, and how he okay. We see we get a better description of what happened or the fragment this man created was was a book. And it's the book of, of, of truths is what it is and how Bullseye uses it to not seduce people, but how he uses it is very interesting. It's a good storytelling device. I know Hector didn't like this one, Adam, but um, issue number three was definitely book of the week by far, And but the art is still great and beautiful. Uh, and to see something like this where a god, Loki, is taken on Bullseye with a different sort of weapon is cool to see. And we see Bullseye being Bullseye and, and ripping out now, trying to get away from Loki, like... Uh, ripping off pages of this book and he's creating weapons with them and since he's a marksman expert marksman uh how he's making arrows and just weird shit and using it to combat loki yeah so loki's on his tail the whole time just just give me my fucking book guy i don't want to fucking hurt you and each time he kind of uh kind of corners bullseye bullseye starts reading from it he's like you know what Fuck it. I know all about you. I've read about you. Let's talk about you. And Bullseye starts telling Loki things about himself, terrible things about himself. And Loki's like, yeah, I I, I know this. <laughs> and it happens again. And the pages and panels of, of the past, this whole run, really, issue number one, two, and three, we see the people that Loki has encountered, his friends, you know, the dwarves people, and the way... The artist draws like panels of half of Loki's face and the character he was interacting with is dope to see. And I just love the visuals. Um, great read, great run. And um, it, Loki finally gets his book back. And the way it ends is very interesting. It's worth checking out. Uh, I'm going to ruin it a, a little bit, but it's worth reading. It's not a spoiler. It's just pretty much after everything he's been through right now, the past four issues. And again, there are only four issues in this in this story. Uh, Loki finally 
comes to terms with my friends don't like me. Like everyone still thinks I'm a bad fucking person. Like I've been trying for so long. So now for, for the longest time, he's been like this Loki, not God of mischief, you know, God of lies. He's been Loki. The storyteller is what he's been for, for the longest time, for the most part. And again, a tweener, an anti-hero for the most part, anti-hero. Anyway, you guys want to put it. And now he's coming to terms with like, this was all bullshit. Like, why did I, why did I fucking try if no one's going to give a shit? Um, again, question of the week. I think that's where it came from. Have you guys ever been judged by your past? Um, where, you know, you've changed things in your life. You've changed things about yourself. All right. I'll catch you guys next week. Peace out. For me, I guess it's not. Yes. Oh, number one, yes. Um, have you ever been judged by your past and or past actions? Yeah, kind of. Like I know I used to be a terrible, terrible, terrible person to myself and even to people around me. But I was very extremely bad and harmful and hurtful to myself. I just didn't care about myself anymore. And I was too stubborn to do anything to help myself. It took me a long time to get out of that hole. So I was down in a hole and it took me a long time to, to crawl out of that dark place. And the person that I became because of things that had happened in my life at the time I was a bad fucking person. I was a bad dude. Um, I treated people, again, terribly. And I've made amends for those I would like to think. And, and I'm still a work in pro progress, but um, I believe I've, I've made those amends. Um, so, yeah, that people can still sometimes look at me. Oh, that asshole. Um, don't hang out with those people anymore, though. So um, I dissected you out of my life, too. So I didn't give a fuck losing you either. I think the biggest thing for me now is, is people. And this is the most saddest and one of the lowest things people can do now is people try to use my past against me. It's a sad, pathetic thing. Like um, whenever I hear you're just mad because you can't have a kid. And it's fucked up to say to people that it would affect uh, when in reality I've made amends and come to peace with that a long, long, long fucking time ago in my life. It wasn't in the cards for me. And the girl that we were going to have a kid with, like, we're not together anymore. And, and if the reality is, and technically, I can fucking still have a kid. The fact that people have to and think it's a necessary thing, they think they want to go for the jugular and hurt me in a particular way, hurt my feelings and make me feel bad, that they would stoop that fucking low when someone like me can verbally dissect and destroy you, any fucking buddy. It's a sad thing to do. Um, so, yes, I've been judged by my past before, uh, but I get more now people trying to use my past against me, which, again, if it was anyone else, um, I've come with I've come to peace with it. I've come to terms with it. It wasn't in my cards at the time. So 
yeah, I love this title. Um, all right, man, I got to get back to work, I guess. I'll catch you guys next week. Please share the podcast. Oh yeah. Share the podcast guys. Um, when I say share the podcast on social media, share the podcast, share the podcast with friends. Uh, tell them, listen to what the fuck news. If you get any, if you guys liked it, cool. If not cool, let me know, hit me up anywhere you guys can find me. I will catch you guys next week because I have to go back to work now to the office. And then I have to work after this. And as soon as I get home after work tonight, I'm probably going to work some more because I have a few more deep dives and rabbit holes. I came up with another one that I have to write up. So yeah. I got to do some writing. All right, guys. I'll catch you guys next week. Peace out.